Hi, I'm Christine Roney. Welcome to the Roney Writes Podcast. The tagline for this podcast is, Let me tell you a story. Because that's what these recordings are about. Stories. I love to write them, and I would love to share them with you. This is Episode 2 of One Perfect Line. We are starting today with Chapter 2. So let me tell you a story. One Perfect Line by Christine Roney. Allie was on the back patio playing catch with Jake, who turned out to be a 75-pound golden retriever mix. What he was mixed with wasn't clear. She had just thrown the ball when James walked out onto the patio. Jake ran up to him with the ball. Not now, Jake. He turned to Ellie. Can we talk? Ellie pointed to one of the tables. Sure. What kind of dog is Jake? We're not sure. Ollie adopted him from an animal shelter. I'm sure you can see the golden retriever in him. Ellie nodded. So he's a rescue dog? Yeah. They sat there for a moment, watching Jake play with the ball. Then Ellie turned to James, waiting for him to speak. He looked at her, his eyes reflecting the turmoil Ollie's arrest threw him into. I called Ollie's lawyer. He doesn't do criminal matters, but he's going to call back with a reference. Who is Alice Nails? And why do they think Ollie murdered her? He shook his head. I don't know. What I do know is that he's not capable of murdering anyone. Did you call his wife? No, he's divorced. This is crazy. They just signed the divorce papers last week. I feel like I should be calling her, but they aren't together anymore. I don't know what to do. Ask Ollie. She looked at her watch. Do you think the lawyer will call soon? Richard is an IP guy. He deals with intellectual property matters, not murders. I'm sure he's busy trying to find the best criminal attorney, but he's based in New York. His voice trailed off. Ellie sat up. I know someone who might be able to help, at least for now, until you hear from Richard. She saw a flicker of relief flash across his face. She stood up. Let me make a call. Allie was sitting on the floor in the romance section shelving books when she heard the front door open. She got up and looked toward the door. A woman stood at the new release table near the front of the store. Her back was to Ellie, but she noticed that the woman picked up Ollie's book. She started to read the blurb on the back, but then put it down and walked over to the bottom of the stairs that led to the loft. She must be wondering about the music, Ellie thought. A few local musicians were jamming upstairs. Ellie started toward the woman when she turned. Quinn! Ellie exclaimed. Quinn smiled, and the two women hugged. Thank you for coming, Ellie said. I couldn't pass up a chance to see you and meet Ollie Ivers. You're a fan? Absolutely. I can't wait to read Bo's journey. What about Daniel? He said I could stay down here and help Ollie. He's a fan, too. That's great. I just thought I'd get a referral. But here you are. I was down for a court hearing. Just good timing. Do you know what's going on with Ollie? I called, and he's going to be arraigned tomorrow morning. 
I'm on my way to see him now. Thank you. His assistant James is down at the county jail. I'll text him you're on your way. When you finish, we'll go to dinner and catch up. Quinn was tapping something out on her phone. Allie waited. Sorry, I was just arranging a car to pick me up. Where would you like to meet? What hotel are you at? The Canyon Inn? They have a good restaurant. Why don't we meet there? Perfect. After Quinn left, Ellie got herself a cup of coffee and went up to the loft. She sat at her table in the back and listened to Michael. She loved his voice. He was singing a ballad, and there was something about the mixture of mellow tones and raw emotion that had every eye in the loft riveted on him. Ellie's pulse quickened when she thought of their time together in New Mexico. But then she remembered that he was leaving tomorrow to go on tour. It was bittersweet, she thought. She wanted him to be successful, but she hated that he'd be gone for months. Her thoughts were interrupted by James. Hey, Ellie. Ellie motioned for him to take a seat. How's Ollie? Quinn is with him. He started to say something more, but the music grew louder and his words got lost in a guitar riff. Ellie leaned toward him. Let's go downstairs. When they were settled in her office, James asked about Quinn. How do you know her? She works for a legal aid clinic up north. A retired judge, Daniel Bennett, runs the clinic, and Quinn is one of the attorneys that works with him. I met them both at a conference my old firm sent me to. Your old firm? I was a private investigator at Hadley and Downs. She could tell he was surprised, but before he could say anything, she went on. Daniel and Quinn had just gotten a woman who had been on death row for 15 years released. Madeline Bright had been convicted of murdering her husband. It was a no-body case, and they proved there was no body because there was no murder. You're kidding. No. What they did was incredible and inspiring. I spent most of my time at the three-day conference hanging out with them. So that's who I called for a reference. I figured they would know some excellent attorneys in the area. I had no idea Quinn was here for a court hearing. She'll help you until you hear back from your attorney. I don't know why he hasn't gotten back to me. There must be plenty of criminal attorneys here. Ellie laughed. You might want to rephrase that. Chapter 3 Ellie looked across the table at the young woman perusing the menu. Quinn laid the menu down. She looked at Ellie and took a deep breath. The district attorney is charging Ollie with murder in the first degree. Ellie stared at her, stunned. Who is Alice Nels? Quinn took a drink of wine. Ollie said she did research for him. He never met her until he came here for the book signing. It seems that a lot of research assistants work remotely these days. At least that's what he told me. And I really don't doubt it. It's not a location-specific job. Anyway, he figured since he was in town that he would meet her. He went to her house, had some coffee, went over some of the work she'd done for him, and left. She took another drink of her wine. That's his story. What's his motive? Ellie asked. But before Quinn could respond, a server appeared at their table. Have you decided? After Ellie and Quinn ordered, Ellie asked about the motive again. I suppose I'll find out tomorrow. 
Do you know what evidence they have? They told Ollie they had his fingerprints at the scene. I'm guessing she was killed at home. Quinn nodded. Can you come to the bookstore tomorrow after the arraignment? Sure. Allie and Quinn were sitting on the back patio of the bookstore drinking coffee. Jake was lying at Ellie's feet. They denied bail. Why? Ellie asked. Because they felt he's a flight risk? That's ridiculous. He's famous. Where is he going to hide? They argued that Ollie had enough money to flee not only the state, but the country, and they didn't want to give him that chance. Unfortunately, the judge bought into their argument. What evidence do they have? Besides the fingerprints, they say they have a witness that saw his RV parked down the street around the time of the murder. A witness who heard arguing coming from Alice's place, a gunshot, and a time gap. Allie shook her head. That's pretty circumstantial. She took a drink of coffee. What's his motive? Why would he kill her? I don't think they have a motive, but the judge felt they had enough to hold him. What do you think? I think we have a lot of work to do. We? Yes. Ollie would like you to find out who really killed Alice. I don't understand how... James told him you're a private investigator, Quinn said, interrupting her. Did he forget to tell him I'm retired, that I don't do that anymore? Well, I guess James talked to Matt, and you're not exactly out of the game. I'm going to have to talk to Matt. Look, I did a case recently, but that was a favor to a special person who was dying. It was her last wish. I'm a bookstore owner now. That's all. The determined set of her jaw told Quinn she was serious. But Allie was conflicted. She couldn't make eye contact with Quinn. Not right then, because she was serious about leaving that life behind. But her investigative mind had enjoyed working through the puzzles of a recent missing person case. She always loved trying to fit pieces of a mystery together, and she was good at it. She almost always solved the crime in a book or TV show before the reveal. So one part of her wanted to help Ollie. But she committed herself to the bookstore, and she loved it. She wasn't sure she could do both, or at least do both well. Quinn's voice broke into her thoughts. I have to go. I'm going to call Daniel and run Ollie's situation by him. I'll give you a call. Thanks, Quinn. That's the end of Episode 2. Come back next week for Episode 3. If you're enjoying this story, please help me spread the word. Tell your family and friends about the podcast and be sure to let them know that they can listen for free. You can also subscribe for free and by doing that, you'll automatically receive the latest episodes downloaded to your computer, phone, or tablet. Go to my website, ronywrites.com for more information on how and where to subscribe. Goodbye for now, until the story goes on.